This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show, covering all aspects of lacrosse in upstate New York, high school, college, and professional. Brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Saltine Warrior Sports Pub, Kenny and Kenny Law, Tully's, Fallon Oral Surgery, Burger King, and Highfield Enterprises. Here are your hosts, Syracuse lacrosse legend Rick Beardsley and Stephen Fonte. It's the only 60-minute radio show in Central New York dedicated entirely to the sport of lacrosse. Stephen Fonte, Rick Beardsley with you up until 10 o'clock. We're going to hear from our good friend Anish Shroff from ESPN coming up at about 9.30. As we try to sort out what's going on in college lacrosse, the Orange uh, with a, a heartbreaker in the ACC tournament falling to North Carolina 11-10. The men and the women dealing with, with much the same thing, both led by three goals with under seven minutes to go. For the men, it was under four minutes to go. And then Carolina put together three straight to tie it, ended up pulling the head to win it. We saw the BC women, top-ranked team in the country, rally to score three straight to tie it, then win it late. Um, so we, we've got a lot to get to uh, today, Rick. Um, before we get, we'll start with the men. Before we get to Carolina, anything you want to talk about in regards to the Navy game from last week? You said it was going to be lopsided. It was, it pretty was. lopsided. I feel like we can kind of gloss we over are, the Navy again, game. Again, by the way, the curse to any coach that comes on <laughs> uh, to our show. But we were really thankful that we had uh, Ryan Wellner, the associate head coach at Navy, pop on like he did last year, the day of the game. Syracuse just uttered domination um, at the faceoff X and then defensively. And Drake Porter had one hell of a game. Uh, so, you know, the good thing that Syracuse did was get a game under their belt, get some players on the field, and and then try to prepare for a battle again with, uh, you know, North Carolina. And it wasn't the outcome that we all wanted. Yeah, it's tough to beat a team again that close together. I mean, they played them just two weeks ago, and the way the whole thing sorted out, it was in the 4-5 game. It was at North Carolina, so even though it was the ACC tournament, it's a, it's a road game for Syracuse. And it looked like they were in control. They're up by three. Bordering on late in the fourth quarter, about four or five minutes left, and then all of a sudden, what changed? We, we saw Carolina score three goals in forty-five seconds. It to me, it was to start a game out as a coach. And you're, if you're John Desco, you kind of get dumbfounded on what your game plan is. You're going to use because your game plan worked spectacularly in the last game that you had against Carolina, and then all of the advantage was to Joe Bresci, my old buddy. Because he could take a look at that game. What does Syracuse really like? How do you change? Do you go, oh, do I attack him from here? We played really well. Like, so he really had an advantage on this one. See, that's what people don't see. Now, I'm not making making any excuses for John Desco at all. I am saying from a coach's perspective, it is very difficult when you play a great game to just change something. And, you know, the one thing I saw that stuck out to me was Syracuse's slide package the entire day was just not good. Their 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 defensive their team defensive slide package was not good. Guys were late. Guys were getting buried behind. In particularly Cunningham, he got you know that last goal. I mean, he slid like he was you know a six year old kid that was afraid to take contact to a guy. You need to blow up a guy. I mean, you're you're a big solid guy. You need to run through that guy on the double from Carolina, and he doesn't get that shot. He swum underneath on a cross check. Are you really kidding me, bro? I need to say it like Viviana would to me. Like, are you kidding me, bro? Come on. So the the question is, how much does this loss hurt Syracuse? And at the end of the day, 
what happens. And and we have a week to talk about this because now Syracuse sits around until next Sunday uh, to find out where they're going, who they're playing, whether or not they're staying home. They came into the week ranked sixth in the RPI. That's obviously good enough for a home game. You and I both thought going into the ACC tournament, win or lose against Carolina, they'd still get a home game. Do you still feel like that today? Yeah, I do. I think they'll be an eight. I think Syracuse just brings too many fans to the game, has too many quality wins to, to bump for an away game. The only thing that really scares me now is who is their matchup. I don't think it's going to be Cornell again. Uh, I think it'll be Towson or Notre Dame. Ohio State last night had a bad loss to Michigan. That kills their record in the Big Ten. Uh, that bumped them out of the Big Ten uh, tournament. Uh, you know, as far as you know, it, it really kills them going into it. I think that uh, I think Ohio State definitely crawls itself out with the AQs. Unfortunately, Ohio State is an unbelievable team, but they crawl themselves out. I think with the automatic qualifiers, we're going to just see where Syracuse has to flip. If you know, if Yale beats Penn in the Ivy League tournament, I mean, you never know. The Ivy League tournament's up for grabs. I mean, Brown has played everybody to a one-goal game. Uh, you know, Princeton as well is really good. So anyone can win that tournament. And Princeton and Brown are on the outside looking in, and they're fighting for their lives. Why am I talking about the Ivy Leagues? Because it really matters where if Yale beats Penn, what does that do to Loyola and Syracuse? And if you if UVA beats UNC, what does it do to UVA? But if UNC beats Virginia, uh-oh, that could bounce Virginia, believe it or not, right out. So that plays in well. So that those that's the, from seed four right now to seed eleven, it's like Russian roulette for rankings. Russian roulette for the playoffs. So I mean, I think Cornell it has to really shine in the Ivy League championship in order to to get in because they're nine and four. You know, it almost seems like you get that fifth loss. That's like the the curse. Notre Dame's the only one that's teetering, but because of so many ACC teams in. You know, there's automatic qualifiers. Bounce, bounce, bounce. Wouldn't that be something if Virginia wins the ACC regular season conference championship? It'll be a four or a five. Well, you said if they lost to North Carolina, they're in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I th- I mean, that's what, what I'm saying. It's crazy that how is crazy. everybody's so neck and neck and tight. That's why on my tweet today, I put the banana. Yeah, because the I lacrosse world is bananas, and I used an emoji. I feel really good about myself. I usually don't put emojis in my tweets, but well done. And I'd like to talk about a tweet just on a sidebar. Tim Barber this week sent a tweet about uh, the West Genesee program losing to Baldensville sixteen to ten. I mean sixteen to six. And and I I'm not bringing this tweet up because I'm going to tear Tim Barber. Not at all. I like Tim Barber. He is a great kid. He was a great lacrosse player at West Jenny, a great lacrosse player uh, at Syracuse. Now, the reason I'm bringing it up, folks, is very simple. The tweet was to jump basically on the new regime coming in and changing traditions. Now, I'm all for loyalty to their old coaches. I, I mean, I love Mike Masser. I He is a pioneer in this game, a pioneer in building uh, and helping so many kids get to college. I just think that everybody's quick to to be that guy that wants to you know jump on Sean Smith, who walked in and filled some pretty big shoes uh, for you know at West Jenny, and you know you have to people don't understand he was probably told that you need to do the exact opposite of what was going on in the past. Now, listen to me on this one. Is it? A bad thing that he did that? No. Is it a good thing that he did that? No. 
But you have to understand, maybe the kids really needed that. Maybe they need that. All of us stumble in the regular season. Baldwinsville is an excellent lacrosse team. If they can put it together, forget it. They have so much talent, they can score all over the place. Is that a bad loss? Not really. But what doesn't help it is that Liverpool beat people, right? There was a lot of a lot of crazy, you know, a lot of parity this year in Class A. You know, going in Class A. So the reason I'm addressing it is because there were so many people that were quick to jump on defending the high Sox tradition. Yes, you are correct. It is no it is known all over the country that West Genesee wore high socks. But you have to look at the generation. A generation is different. Now, that being said, maybe the generation, maybe that team at West Genesee needs more discipline. But I'm sure Coach Smith will find that balance. He's been there nine games. It's tough in nine games to change everything around coming in after a guy who was there 40-plus years. So again... I just wanted to address the tweet. I'm not beating up anyone in the tweet. I just think that... You want to paraphrase what the tweet said? The paraphrase said along the lines of, uh, you, you hire outside the program, you kill all the traditions, or you know, high socks. And basically, it was about high socks, and then as you lose to Beville, dot, 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 Beville. Now, the one thing I laugh about was the class. I mean, come on. If you're a Beville parent, listen, folks, let me give you parenting lessons here. I'm going to give you parenting lessons on how high school and college coaches look at things. There's a couple of Beville parents that uh, tweeted, like, you know, defending, like, the high socks wouldn't have mattered. Just, just ignore the tweets. You're getting lured into a battle on social media. It's great. We all love our children. I love my daughter Angela and Viviana dearly. Okay? But if somebody tweets about them, they do. They're going to, I'm, I get tweeted at and shredded all the time. You know what I reply? With a love. I hit the like. I don't care. Dude, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Words hurt, but I don't let people know they're bothering me. Just ignore it, folks. Your son did a great job in the goal. He made tons of saves. It's a huge win. You got to beat him in playoffs. All you're doing is fueling the fire. I'm a coach. I take those tweets, print them, and stick them on the board. You'd be surprised how angry high school kids can get and if they're motivated because that's you're trying to find any motivation for high school kids. When you're in college, you're already motivated. You're there for a job. But that's all I have to say. I'm sorry I sidebarred that, but I thought that was important. Sean Smith, I think, is doing the best job that he can at West Jenny. He took over in a tough spot, and I think people – you know, have to understand what the administration has been doing, or nobody knows what was going on prior to that. And again, there's no one that likes Mike Masser more than me. Coach Masser beat me. I've never beat West Jenny, so I'm not sour at anybody. I love Mike Burns, who's the AD over there. He's a great guy, MVP of the high school uh, state championship that I played against him in and lost. Love it. Dan Sheehan, love all those guys. Uh, but, you know, folks, you got to lay off a little bit. Give it a chance. I think you had to expect that there was going to be, yeah. well, I don't want to say growing pains, but well, I mean, a let, transition period. I mean, period. imagine if they lost to Liverpool yesterday. Oh, my God. I think everybody had to the expect. The sky would be falling. You do something the same way for 43 years, and you bring in a fresh set of eyes and a fresh perspective. You, you, you have to expect there's going to be a transition period. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I had a chance to talk to Sean Smith uh, prior to the to the FM game. We you know we did that game for for localswire.com. Called it a one goal game. I called it. You did. Come it was, on, man. it was a great game. Um, and I I interviewed him on the news that night on News Channel Nine. We we uh, you know did the sportscast live from from West Jenny, and and he talked about how you know the West Jay community has welcomed him with open arms and and his family, and you know he he feels like it's been a smooth transition, and you know these it, this is a bump along the way, right? I mean it's it there's there's a transition. Oh, there's period. no bumps. Let me tell you, the longer you coach, the more enemies you make. It's pretty simple. You're not going to make every parent happy, every aunt, uncle happy, every kid happy. It's just simple. You're not going to make every alumni happy. I've so far done a good job. Winners seem to never get really beat up, uh, you know. And but winning over there is a whole nother story. So, yeah. Well, know, I mean, tough, tough shoes to fill. Keep up the good work, Sean. All right, let's. Uh Let's take a break right there. We'll come back. We'll kind of finish our conversation with the SU men. we got to get into the SU women as well, as, as they had a similar thing happen in the ACC tournament last night. Uh, had a three-goal lead late. BC came back and it's stole a great it game, in the final the seconds. Yeah, BC scored with under 20 seconds left and, and won at 14-13. i got to give shout-outs to my boy Frenchie, my boy Pat at Basic, and i got to go Mrs. Holdridge for making me Raisin Bran muffins to keep me regular. Thanks, everybody. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to check in. It's the Upstate Lacrosse Show. We're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show, covering all aspects of lacrosse in upstate New York, high school, college, and professional. Brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Saltine Warrior Sports Pub, Kenny and Kenny Law, Tully's, Fallon Oral Surgery, Burger King, and Highfield Enterprises. Here are your hosts, Syracuse lacrosse legend Rick Beardsley and Stephen Fonte. Legend. Legend. Steven Rick back with you on the Upstate this Lacrosse Show. This just makes show. me bring, like, my old funky, like, Uncle Drew. It's Boom Boom Room. Shoes off in the Boom Boom Room. Like, Uncle Drew. Dude, I've been watching Uncle Drew every night. Have you ever seen Uncle Drew? No. Are you kidding me? I have not. Your nickname was Stephen Fontre, and you don't watch a basketball movie. I, I, I have not seen that. I watch Uncle Drew every night right now. It's free on HBO. I even bought it, like, three times on pay-per-view. It's awesome. Kyrie Irving, Shaq, Reggie Miller's amazing as an old Reggie Miller. It's, I'll be honest with you, some of the lines are amazing. Like, you don't have to be great all the time. We are live. Just be great this we're, time. We're live on the air again. This yeah, isn't the commercial. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's just like the stream of consciousness. I never know what's coming out of your mouth. Um, let's get back to lacrosse. Yes, let's get back. Was, were you going to say you don't know what's coming out of your mouth either? I don't half the time. <laughs> I did that expose with, with you know, with Axe on, on Syracuse.com, which, you know, I, I thought I lost enough weight to not look fat on camera. I was uh, very much mistaken. It was a good piece. It was a good piece. It looked like I ate 22 pieces of pie, apparently, uh, when I was walking with Axe. I don't know why my, why my arms don't go to my waist, too. Um, that's not a good thing. But, I mean, literally, I am as skinny as I've, I've been in years, which just says I might, might as well still be fat. I mean, what You're the heck? fat. But to a guy who's one sixty-five, you're and not fat. You're not. I'm. I'm. I'm just big, thick, thick. Yes, this is my. Yes. Okay, so can we talk lacrosse? Because I, I, I would watched like that to. BC game with my wife Tori last. Oh, you want to go to the women? Okay. Yeah, I watched the BC uh, Syracuse game. My wife is like nuts about college lacrosse at this point, and and Angela was in the other room screaming. You know. Rooting for Syracuse and Tori was, you know, just loves BC. I don't understand why she just does. Syracuse kind of had a little implosion at the end. Um, BC won some criticals, but a real critical part was when Syracuse was trying to clear with about a minute thirty, 
And uh, Sam Apuzo, who is a Twarton Trophy winner, just the girl just doesn't quit from BC, picked off a pass on a lazy pass to the goalie, uh, a goal stock, and, and picked it up, grabbed it, came around, buried it, and that tied the game up with like under a minute, about a minute, minute and eight. And then the draw, it was 52 different times they took the draw. Syracuse got it on a violation and then called a timeout, and BC doubled it. Syracuse couldn't get the ball. And then, and, you know, I'm sorry. Then it came down. BC won the draw, pushed the ball down, hit it with a nice scoop shot for the game winner. And then uh, about 30 seconds left in the draw, just uh, it just grinded. And Syracuse just couldn't get the ball in the offensive end, and BC just ran a timeout. Yeah, I think BC took the lead. I want to say there was Gary Gates gets a home game left. Though. Gary Gates guaranteed a home game. Yeah, I mean they're fourth in the country right now. Yeah, they're pretty good. Um, and man, that it was a, a fantastic game in BC's undefeated and, and number one in the country. You look at it, the four losses this year for the SU women. They've lost to BC twice. Both games went right down to the wire. Lost yep. by two back in mid-February. Lost by one in the ACC tournament. Lost to number two Maryland and number six UNC. Those are those are SU's four losses. Yes. Um, you know, and you you said this about the men last week uh, on our show on on Orange Nation, and you said nobody wants to face the men. Nobody wants to face the SU women. No, uh, not right. The, I mean, you know who NCAA seems to have their number? It's Carolina. Carolina is the one ranked team that's beat up on them pretty good. I don't know if it's whether they match up differently, but BC boy, it's again, it's been the tale of two halves for Syracuse with BC. You know, we I was at that first game in the dome. What a game! Syracuse up by five at halftime, kind of just let the the lead lapse. Um, you know, Virginia Tech, same thing. People think the Virginia Tech score is a little different. That was, you know, a late goal that basically there was not enough time for, you know, Virginia Tech to score uh, up at CBA there. I, I just, you know, I, I think it's going to be a tough one for Syracuse 4-5 because if they get Notre Dame, it could be ugly. But but Notre Dame losing to Duke on the women's side didn't help. I can't believe I know so much about women's lacrosse. It might be because I have daughters. And you said your wife loves, loves oh, Tori, Tori, like, lacrosse. oh, yeah, she'll be on the road. She, she's crazy with it. Uh, Sam Apuzo, by the way, 75 goals this season. Yeah, she's pretty good, by the way. You think? Yeah, she's pretty good. That was the play of the game. She intercepted the pass and, and circled back around, tied the game up, and then, yep. and then BC was able to win it. I should uh, be a newscaster on News Channel 9. You're the head of sports, right? You're yeah. You're head sports director? Yeah. Can I fill in from time to time? Would, it, would I look, don't shake your head, Tommy, like Tommy's I can't. shaking his head like, don't you dare. I mean, I wanted, can I do two things, all right? So if Teresa was still running, I mean, she runs all the stations now, but if she she's does. still running that, I probably could finagle my way in. I think two things, Steve. We I should be on um, Bridge Street as a host. Okay. Okay. Number one, because you need to put inject. Sure. You have to have males there, right? So we got we have to we have to take you know we have to take you know e- equal opportunity here. Right? I hosted Bridge Street uh, in the fall. It was a lot of fun. Yes. So I probably should host it now in the spring. Okay. Uh, and then secondly, I should be once in a blue. It should be like a Thursday night guest spot for like you know Ricky B Sports. You know, I come out like Tony Saragusa, like in a black V neck, like a deep V. <laughs> I shave my chest up like I put some oil there, like I glisten. Because when you're older, all you have is your biceps and your upper chest. So when you wear a tank top, the black tank top covers up the gut or the barrel belly, and then you get some veins in your arm and you look good. You see what I'm saying? So I would be on there. I would do it. I would do it outside like Wayne does with, with the weather. Yeah, um, that's a then, different station, by the way. But that's okay. We could use their set. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> But no, you have an outside thing too, don't you? Yeah, just, I mean... That's what I'm saying. You're, okay. you're weather people go out there. I go out there in a nice day. You get me on a lounge chair. I do it like on my phone. And then I'm talking. Because we're in the, the world of, you know, 
we're we're in the you know the modern era. We're in Rick's world right now. No, we have to go to millennials. We have to hit to the millennials, and that's what I would do. I would cater to the millennials with sports, and I could do it locally. I think one time a week. I think that's a actually. uh, If anybody's listening and has any more power than Steve. (laughs) Uh, I should have my own segment on one of the local TV shows, at least on oh, Thursday. So, so wait, so now you're shopping yeah, yourself around? Yeah, I'm trying around? to shop okay. around. And I don't want to be paid. All I want is trade. Okay? I don't need money. I need trade. Like food trade, like maybe a car trade. Something like that would be beneficial for me, and I have no problem. And you would get one of the... the I think I would take everybody's Nielsen share. National, I think I would go global. With that, to be honest with you. But that's me being said. Syracuse uh, with a tough loss. They're out of the ACCs. They're still going to be ranked high. Gary and his girls are great. We love them. There you go. One thing I do want to touch on, Steve, and I know we're jumping, I don't care, is we want to talk about who got all ACC for the Syracuse men. You got Curry, Dirth, Kennedy, Mellon, Porter, Solomon, and more importantly, uh, Nick Mellon is on the final top 25 uh, finalists for the Twarton Trophy. Tommy looks at me with a big smile because I've been kind of a Nick Mellon. Uh, I'm not a hater, but I haven't supported You've been him. Critical. I've been yes, very. Thank you. Good word. That's a, is that an SAT word? No. All right. No, not for most of us. Well, yes. Thank you. Well, I did get a 900 on my SATs. I did go to Syracuse University. You went to Ithaca. All right. I get it. I did. Yeah, I get it. So uh, the one thing I am going to say is uh, he he's done a great job all year. But does that top 25, he's one of the only defensemen on, does that make him a first-teamer? I would like to know. If he makes the first-teamer, he'll get credit from me. He will get credit if he's on the first team. Just going to tell you. You surprised by Drake Porter this year. We didn't really no, know what to expect. No, he's excellent. Yeah, he's, he has no, he been. Was a, he was great to begin with. Uh, I think Drake Porter, he's done an unbelievable job, especially even in the UNC game. I mean, most of those goals were on top of him. UNC attacked from behind on Syracuse at some times, and that turns a lot of people around. And he had shots point blank on him a lot. It wasn't like he gave up the easy ones. We've had some less than stellar goaltending in the last couple of years. I think we got a good one in Drake Porter. All right, so last thing here before we get to Anish, just kind of to set the table. We talked about the RPI. The, the big question is, will Syracuse get a first-round home game in the NCAA tournament? So just to lay it out for you, uh, we'll go through the RPI 5 through 11 right now. Okay, so Loyola is at 5 Coming into the week, Syracuse was at 6 coming into the week, followed by Yale at 7, Virginia at 8. Then Ohio State, as you mentioned last night, uh, had a tough loss to Michigan. Notre Dame at 10, Towson at 11. So there's a little bit of breathing room there, but so much can change over the course of the next week. If Yale beats Penn, as we said, Yale jumps ahead of Syracuse. If Virginia takes care of business against North Carolina today, then Virginia likely jumps ahead of Syracuse. And now you're talking about the Orange falling into probably that that. 8-9 8-9 game. They they would get a home game under that scenario. Um, but then I'm they would have for to, a home game. Then they'd I have usually, to take on the top seat. Yeah, but I don't care. Let's let's get it on. In this day and age, I think Syracuse, you know, Penn State's going to be the outright, right? I mean, I don't see Penn State stumbling. If Penn State has to take on the Cuse, what a game that can be. So let me ask you this real quick before we get to Anish. Uh, Penn State is the bona fide number one ranked team mm-hmm. in the country. Is there that big of a difference between playing Penn State or say Duke in the in the next round, no, like, do, there is. I think it's a different matchup. Look, and Penn State has a, a lot of things offensively that can hurt you. The one thing it'll be tough for Syracuse would be their team defense versus Penn State's team. So offense. you really, if if you're the Orange, you really want to avoid that eight nine game then. And yeah, all, but, as yeah, much as absolutely, eight. I'd rather play Duke. 
I'd rather play Duke or so Maryland. Would it, be 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 would it be better? This might sound strange. Yep. Would it be better to drop to you know having to go on the road and being like a like a ten seed? Even though I know they only seed one yep. through eight, would it be better for them to avoid Penn State in the first round or to get that first round home game? What would you pick? I, I would. Want you can fl- either have the home game and play Penn State in the next round, yep. or or not have a home I'd game. I'd want a home game just because it's okay. It, get, it gets you fired up. If you win, you get fired up. Your home is not much you have to prepare for. That first win's all you need in the playoffs. It kind really get is. You going. And then usually the reason why I selfishly I get to be on television usually. <laughs> That's why I really want a home game because oh. it's really fun to be with Cotter and Kark. It always and, comes and hopefully back to Anish. You. I would love to be with my boy Anish. I never get a chance to be with Anish. All right. Well, let's. Take a time out. Let's bring on your boy, Anish. Love him. ESPN's Anish Droff joins us next. Keep it here. Back after this on the Upstate Lacrosse Show. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show, covering all aspects of lacrosse in upstate New York, high school, college, and professional. Brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Saltine Warrior Sports Pub, Kenny and Kenny Law, Tully's, Fallon Oral Surgery, Burger King, and Highfield Enterprises. Here are your hosts. Syracuse lacrosse legend Rick Beardsley and Stephen Fonte. We're back on the Upstate Lacrosse Show. Stephen Fonte, Rick Beardsley with you up until 10 o'clock. And as promised, we go to the phone lines to bring on our good friend ESPN's Anish Shroff joins us now. Uh, Anish will be at the ACC tournament today calling both semifinal games. Anish, how are you? Great to hear from you. What's going on, fellas? Anish, what's going on, pal? How are those Moscow mules going down? <laughs> no Moscow mules this weekend. Maybe after tonight. I was going to say, go. certainly not at this hour, Rick. Maybe for you, but not, I don't do that. Not for not for normal people. It was Lent. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Uh, all right, Anish, we've got a lot to get to. Let, let's start from uh, from a Syracuse perspective. Uh, they played in that 4-5 game against North Carolina the other day. They were in control up by three, and then the final four minutes, it, it just it, it turned in a hurry. Carolina scored three goals in 45 seconds and then stole that thing. The big question everybody wants to know, and we want to get your opinion, does Syracuse hang on to a first-round home game in the NCAA tournament? As of right now, yes but they're in danger of being passed. I mean, that's the reality of it. If the tournament and the selection show began today, I still think Syracuse is probably looking at a seven or eight seat. Now, the problem now is I think what helped Ohio State losing last night, so they're out of the equation for an at-large, but uh, you look at a team like Notre Dame. If Notre Dame beats Duke today, that's a Duke win, that's a Maryland win, there's a Carolina win in there, there's a Syracuse win, Notre Dame probably jumps Syracuse uh, and, and will host a first-round game. You look at teams like uh, Cornell. Even though Syracuse beat Cornell head-to-head, you know, if Cornell wins the Ivy League, those are wins against Penn and Yale, potentially. Cornell uh, likely jumps into that host line. What about a Towson if they win the Colonial? So, you know, you're kind of lurking there at the very bottom, you know, as a 7 or 8 seed right now. But because there's so many conference tournament games left and so many conference tournaments uh, that have to be played, Syracuse is in, in real danger of being passed because they're out of games. Anish, thanks for joining us, buddy. We always love having you on here. You know that. Uh, my quick question is, Syracuse in the tournament, who would be a good matchup in the first round and who would be a bad one that we don't know about? That's a good question. You know, good matchup, uh, <laughs> Obviously, if you go by geography, Cornell looked like it was a pretty good matchup. That was a five-goal win for Syracuse. So, you know, you put somebody down there. You know, again, I would be frightened. It really doesn't matter who you are. 
But let's say if Loyola's got to go on the road in the first round, or you've got to go to a Loyola, and you're getting Pat Spencer, who's part of a flawed team. They're not great defensively. They're not great in the middle, but they've got a really good goalie, and they've got the best player in lacrosse. And it's his last NCAA tournament, and he's going to come out you know, like Goliath on fire. That would frighten me. So, listen, from Syracuse, we've seen this team is capable of losing the Colgate, and they're capable, you know, of uh, of some big wins as well. Coming back from four goals down in the fourth quarter against Duke, they are who they are in 2019. I thought they had turned a corner the last four games of the season, and you know, really didn't look like the team that lost to Colgate. And then you go and lose to North Carolina. You sort of remind everybody, yeah, this team did lose at home to Colgate to begin the season. North Carolina is not a great team, so. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends which version of Syracuse shows up. All right, along those lines, Anish, uh, we didn't know really what to expect out of the Orange coming into this season. And then, as you said, they they lose that that opener, that head scratching game against Colgate, and they and they've turned things around to the point where you know we, we were bantering about this last week on the show whether or not they were a Final Four contender. So I, I just I, I'm curious to get your observations of this team and 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 did they have they exceeded your expectations? Maybe that the expect- expectations you had coming into the year? Oh, by far. Yeah, I mean, you know, Inside Lacrosse wrote a, a nice article with a with a tweet that I had from early in the season when, uh, yeah, listen, I had them below Cornell and below Albany in my preseason poll. So third best team in the state. Then they lose to Colgate. So I think I tweeted something along the lines of I had Syracuse's third best team in the state coming into the season. Whoops. You know, they, they lose to the team from Hamilton. Uh, that wasn't a loss to a Virginia. It wasn't a loss to a Hopkins. That's a, a cancel the season type of loss. Colgate's four and nine right now. So I think coming off of that, you're going, oh man, and, and you start looking at the you know the two three year trend where this program seems to be, you know, pointing in a downward direction. You really start to wonder, can they figure this out? And I looked at the roster and I thought, Rick, and we talked about this, you know, off the Oh, year. yeah, we always do. Fact, yep. Yep. You know, this is this is a team that's probably a year away. I think next year they're preseason top three team, no question. Uh, they have a lot coming back. But for this year, I kind of looked at them and said, you know, they're still young. Dordovic's missing. You lose to Colgate. Weren't coming off a great season last year. Yeah, I didn't really have expectations. I thought maybe, uh, you know, they get to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Really would have been surprised if they got to the quarterfinals. Right now, I look at them and I see a solid quarterfinalist. And depending on the right matchup, yeah, I think they've got a shot to get the championship weekend. Forget the Carolina game for a moment. The previous Mm -hmm. four games, they showed a level of dominance that Mm -hmm. we hadn't seen in quite a few years. You know, all those one goal fire escape wins, pulling games out of your you know what, that's one thing. But finally, it was, man, this is old school Syracuse step on your throat when they've got you beat. They don't open the door. They're not trying to come back from four or five goals down. It was straight-up dominance. It was Syracuse from your era. And I thought they had really turned a corner. And then, again, you go and lose to North Carolina, you're scratching your head. Who are these guys? Anish, who, uh, I mean, you're right. Steve asked me earlier in the season, is Syracuse a top-10 team right at the end? I was like, no. I I, I was quick to it. And then they kind of Houdini'd us. Right, they kind of Houdini'd us, and 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 now all of a sudden we were saying, hey, they could make the Final Four, and then they go back to this, and now they're on the outside looking in. Depending on you know what we're talking about, just seeding of home games. But my real question is, what player has surprised you the most on their roster and impressed you that you didn't think in the beginning of the season was going to be impressive or would have such a great season? 
Peter Durst, um, I thought he, he's been, I think he's a legitimate first-team All-American. I watched him against Carolina in person when I've seen him on TV. He's one of the top two or three short-stick D-middies in the country, and he's given that depth at that position. Brett Kennedy continues to improve. Uh, the other big guys are, are the face-off and the goalie. Uh, Falp has been tremendous at the X taking over. And Drake Porter has been probably one of the top three or four goalies in Division One. Uh, and those were positions, again, going into the season, you, know, you didn't really know what you had at the face-off tax. You didn't really know what you were getting at goal. They've solidified that. Um, and then the late-season reemergence of, of Stephen Rafis has helped the attack. So, uh, you know, I think if they had more from the attack earlier, you're probably looking at a team even with a – they're not playing in the 4-5 game, number one. Um, you know, you're probably looking at a top four, top five seed right now. But I think goalie and faceoff have been easily, you know, the biggest surprises. And the way Peter Durth has uh, really stepped up and become a lockdown short stick D midi, those would be the three. Now, on a sidebar here, Anish, you knew this was coming, all right? When you're in town, you're a famous guy. ESPN stud, it's all over. We all know that. You're doing everything. Everybody knows you. You are kind of just, you know, that guy. When you come into oh the Qs, you, you are you are by the way a three one fiver with your cell number as well. We want to point that out. Thank you, thank you for sharing. Yeah, that, but you are a three one fiver. Now that being said, when you go out, I mean, where can people get a glimpse of you when you come in town? I mean, do you enjoy? You know, I've seen you enjoy Moscow Mules in a glass cup, uh, an Airgate Lager Club cup to be exact. <laughs> Uh, that is typical Syracuse University, right? Can't even get you the high-end things. But when you were here, were you asking for those types of drinks? Were you drinking those foodie drinks, or were you just going for whatever was the cheapest? Oh, come on, man. I was in college. I was, you know, Keystone Ice all day. Keystone right? Ice. Oh, my word. That's bottled beer in a can. Tommy Tommy Hogan is still in school, our engineer, Anish, and he just loved it. He said he would. he doesn't even like that beer. He said he's too high end. He goes for Jenny Cream Ale. Oh yeah, see, we couldn't afford that when we were in college. I mean, you That's had to buy in bulk, right? So yeah. if you wanted more than one, you had to go. You had to go Keystone. You know, you really want to get fancy, maybe Bud Light. But uh, no, yeah, no, no. These days, now, now it's now it's Moscow Mules. You know, it's. it's that's the go-to and, now. and you know the one thing I'd like to, to point out? When you come in town, you at least give us all a call and let us know you're going to be around. Kark sneaks in, sneaks out on us. He can't do that. Yeah, I stuck in, stuck out on you last time, though. The game was up at, at CNS, so that was the only Yeah, that's, that's the only Yeah, I get that. But you had family commitments, and there was you know nothing up in Cicero for you to get Moscow mules. You would have got them in a plastic cup up there, um, and it would have well, been fine. Well, we did go to Zeb's. We did go to Zeb's. You did dominate a burger at Zeb's? Wow. Poppers. Got the poppers. Wow. Steve goes. Steve has trade with Zebs, goes there every other night, just so you know. <laughs> are you uh, Are you done with your hard-hitting questions? That's a hard-hitting question to Anish, because sometimes this, this interview, Anish, the interview was getting too serious. Don't you agree? <laughs> Rick, I, I don't know if it's ever gotten too serious with you, but sure. That That is exactly right. Um, I'm going to finish you up with a with an actual <laughs> lacrosse question. Uh, you are calling the ACC semifinals today. How, how do you expect this tournament to kind of play itself out from here on out? Listen, Carolina's been as good as anybody with their backs to the wall the last few years. They have more riding on today than anyone else. Win, and they're probably in the tournament. They get a Virginia win. To go along with a Duke and a Syracuse win, those are three top ten wins. The bubble is shrinking. 
Carolina today with a win, in my opinion, is in, and that probably means five teams, all five teams from the ACC get in. Virginia, this is a big moment for their program trying to get back. They got to the ACC championship last year. They have three ACC wins this year, which is one more last year's senior class had for their entire careers. We're talking about Virginia. I think if Virginia can get back to the ACC championship, winning the ACC championship this year, and they'd be home for that game in Charlottesville, would be a big deal, would give this team more confidence going into the tournament. Uh, as talented offensively in their top six as anybody in the country. You know, Duke has been Jekyll and Hyde. I do think Duke has embraced its identity, though, and it's different than years past. They're a defensive team. They've got the two best uh, defensemen in the country in terms of a tandem in J.T. Giles Harris and Kate Van Rapphorst. Um, they have kind of uh, have to adjust a little bit, playing a little bit of a slower game and um, offensively not as dynamic as they've been in years past, but defensively as good as anybody. And their rivalry with Notre Dame has is, is, is become something else. You can argue uh, that might be the, you know, Syracuse, Virginia, Duke, Notre Dame. Like, that drives the ACC right now. They've played 19 times this decade after today. This will be the ninth time that Duke and Notre Dame have met this decade in a non-regular season game. So ACC tournament or NCAA tournament, and Duke has kind of been Notre Dame's bet noir. And, you know, I'm wondering if Notre Dame can get on a run because they are a talented roster. They've won back-to-back games once all season. That was in early March. They have not won three straight games. They've been going one loss, one loss, one loss for a while. Can Notre Dame use this tournament like they did last year to build some momentum? We'll see. Last one for you, Anish. We've got about 30 seconds left or so. Uh, you mentioned that, that right now SU might be looking at a 7 or 8 seed, You know, maybe even in that 8-9 game. Uh, how important is it to avoid that 8-9 game? I, I guess my question is how much of a difference is there between Penn State and whoever the 2 seed would be, whether you know Duke or Maryland or, or whoever would fall into that spot? Is it that important you know, it really, to avoid it? It really depends on the at-large, right? Because you have to remember... If you're in the 8-9 game, just because you're the 8th seed doesn't mean you're getting the top at-large team or the top team that wasn't there on the host line. A lot of the matchups are dictated by geography and lacrosse. Right. Good point. Good point. All right, Anish, listen, as always. He makes great points. He does. He makes sense. I mean, these guys are the best there is. I wish I was doing a show with him. He makes sense all oh, the time. Oh, thanks. Thanks, Steve. Listen, you know, Steve, you're just mad because I could beat you on uh, a bad... Anish, he's so upset... Because I could take him in Nerf hoops because he's just not physical enough to take me. You see hey, what I'm saying? You know what? Before, before I go, I, have, I do have a question for you, Rick. So, oh, Jesus. Kark and I were joined last week. Mm-hmm. I think I can beat Kark in basketball. Well, you know, Paul. Do you think yep. I can beat him? Anish, you are from New Jersey in, a, in, a, in an interest in, a, in not the greatest part of New Jersey where there's a lot of playgrounds. Because, you know, and I think of this song from, you know, uh, from Fresh Prince. I think of you. Because, you know, with the playgrounds is where you spent most of your days. I'll be honest with you. Clark grew up in Crompon section of Yorktown. He didn't have a hoop in his driveway. Um, you I know, did. He, you did. Okay, so you did. I would yes. definitely give you, what's the game to? Is it make it, take it, too? You got to um, know the scenarios. Yeah, make it, take it. Absolutely. Make it, take it to, say, 11? Win by two sure. if it's tied? I think you. Sure. I think you beat Kark because you're in good shape. Kark's say, in like really good shape now because he's wearing him down. He does spin and all that stuff. He does that weird stuff. Kark will definitely throw rocks up in the beginning, but he's athletic enough to make a layup. It, I would think he would foul you every play. 
Um, but I think you probably beat him by five. Whoa. I'm going to wow. be honest. Say All it just right. like I'm that. I'm bringing that to the air today. Thank you can you. bring it to him. I think you're, I think you're good by five. I've grown up with Paul. I mean, I've seen his game. I played hoops with him in the women's building. I mean, he's, you know, he's an athlete, not a mathlete, but he's certainly not a basketball player. Now, it's a different story if I played you. I would dominate you. Okay, it would be that simple. I would because in my mind, you would be more popular than me in the world, and I would use that as tackling fuel. Okay, I got a, I got a like decent Bobby jumper. Man. I got a decent jumper. Yeah, but it's really tough when your forearms are bruised to a point where you can't dribble. You see, what I'm saying. So the first time you came in, I'd hack straight on your forearms, and I'd probably bruise those things up. And then I would gain the advantage by being physical. Rick, you'd fall out in the first five minutes. There's no fouls in one on one. We've got to run. We've <laughs> got to run. Anish, Anish, you're the man. Thank you. Great talking to you. Great right. catching with you. Have a great call today. See you, guys. All right, there he is, our good friend Anish Ruff. We got to wrap up the show right after this. This is the Upstate Lacrosse Show, covering all aspects of lacrosse in Upstate New York, high school, college, and professional. Brought to you by Empower Federal Credit Union, Saltine Warrior Sports Pub, Kenny and Kenny Law, Tully's, Fallon Oral Surgery, Burger King, and Highfield Enterprises. Here are your hosts, Syracuse lacrosse legend Rick Beardsley and Stephen Fonte. All right, we only got two minutes left in the show. Went a little long with a niche, but for good reason. Always love having a niche on. Let's quickly look at the rest of the Central New York lacrosse scene uh, from a college perspective. Cornell nine and four. They've got to keep winning. Uh, you know, they beat Notre Dame. They beat Brown last week. Uh, they take on Princeton at home today at noon. Colgate season is over. Colgate finishes up four and nine. They went on that six game losing streak. Did beat Lafayette last week and then uh, wrapped up the regular season, falling to Bucknell ten to eight. Lemoyne men back in action coming up on Wednesday in the NE ten conference tournament together against either Merrimack or Saint Anselm. Uh, the men thirteen and two. They don't want. They don't want. They don't want Merrimack. Merrimack uh, third in the North right now. Lemoyne uh, sitting on the top of the uh, North Region poll at this point. Lemoyne women number one in the country. They're sixteen and oh, what a game against Adelphi earlier in the week. Pat uh, McCabe eight to seven. You know Pat McCabe's the head coach at Adelphi, former Syracuse uh, All American, best defenseman. I'm not. Everybody thinks I am. I'm not. Pat McCabe is. Uh, he's the head coach there. He's won a national championship. I mean, phenomenal. That was a, a one versus two matchup. Lemoyne beat Adelphi eight uh, seven. The Lemoyne women sixteen and zero, outscoring opponents. Uh, by essentially 11 goals on average uh, this season. OCC men at 9-2, and two, they've won seven in a row. They open up regional playoffs on Wednesday, and the OCC women back in action today. They're 5-1 and one on the season. They take on Monroe Community College coming up at 11-30. You're back in action today as well. Marcellus at 4 o'clock. Uh, game was canceled. Uh, you know, you were going to do it on television. Yeah, we were. 7-30, then we didn't have officials. Uh, folks, if you want to get involved with lacrosse, be a lacrosse official. Because we don't feel like playing games on Saturdays when we get the week off, especially in snow. It was a nice day. It was 70 degrees that day. Uh, and now we'll be playing Marcellus at 4 o'clock, which is a great team. Be a battle. Uh, you know, a couple of big games the past week. West Jenny, uh, one goal win over Liverpool. Uh, you know, that's you got who I think uh, the JD game was canceled, I think, today against Victor. Yeah, JD just played ESM earlier in the week, by a the one way. One goal game. JD came back and, and won that one by well, won it by one. So much parody in high school across these days. Good luck to you, Rick. Thank you, brother. Uh, We'll be back next week to talk about the selection show. It's set for Sunday night at 9 o'clock. Have a great weekend, everybody.